Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Uh, I'm excited for a whole bunch of reasons. One, because this is my first opportunity to stare at one of my virtual guests uh, as we are recording this morning. Look at her go already. She's super pumped and excited. And it's because... She just shared with me a dirty little secret that we're going to get to at some... Oh, no. Oh, no. It won't be a secret anymore. <laughs> well, depending on how this goes, maybe we'll edit it out later. That's All right. Okay. So uh, I want to introduce, uh, she. her face is already here, but uh, I'm excited to have with me today Dr. Natalia Vihovsky. Did I say that right? V... Yeah, exactly. All right. Paul... So... There you go. Ski. And and how did yeah. you how did you remind me of how to say that middle part? <laughs> you know, a lot of people struggle with uh, pronouncing my name in a proper way. So I was brainstorming one day and I said, I need to cut it into pieces and make it easy for people. So I usually say it's V like Vienna, Hoff like the Hoff, you know, David Hasselhoff, and ski like skiing. And um yeah, I mean, the dirty little secret that I shared is that one of my first big crushes ever out there, and it's so embarrassing, was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> now, like yeah. all the way back to the Knight Rider and Kit days or Baywatch? Uh, Knight Rider and Kit. I think uh, when Baywatch came out, I must have been two or three. I didn't understand that yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. So, Natalia, uh, I know you uh, very well as an internationally and well-known speaker. You're a personal branding expert, a LinkedIn marketing strategist. Uh, You are, uh, I would say, in one way, all things to a lot of things, uh, but you have a very specific uh, niche uh, way and brand about you uh, that even starts with the glasses that you're wearing today, which I remember hearing you talk about that. Um, so uh, why don't you start by just sharing a little bit, uh, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about, but I think other people are as well. So how would you define yourself? Like w- what, what do you do and kind of what are you all about? Yeah. So as you said, I'm a keynote speaker and a personal branding strategist. So for me, what I realized over the last years And I worked in private economy and I worked uh, for the government and I worked for bigger companies and small companies and I went on a sabbatical and I changed everything that I do. And during that process of finding out who I truly am at the core, I realized that I love this stage. And I always knew that because I used to be a professional dancer for 10 years, but I didn't want to dance on stages anymore. But what on earth do I do on stages? And during that sabbatical, I somehow figured out that people enjoy listening to me and they perceive me as funny for some bizarre reason, which is weird because I'm German. Germans aren't funny at all. (laughs) But they like it. And I... I just I just glow when I'm on stage. I have the feeling that I can share my knowledge and I'm an entertainer or a clown. And uh, yeah, people just go nuts. Oh, I can see the video stopped. Can you still hear me? I can. I can. Perfect. Good. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the first part. I, I really love to be on stage and share my, my knowledge, my lessons learned, my failures and entertain people along the way. And um, I do the personal branding because I realize that A lot of people run around with uh, a fear of standing in the spotlight or portraying themselves in a great way. Uh, So I learned that for myself first. I experimented with it and I realized that it helped so many people out there. So I needed to come up with a structure to translate it into small packages and then share the world. And so far, I mean, a lot of people became better speakers they created outstanding content they feel so much more self-confident and that's just what makes me happy helping other people helping other people going out there um closing deals shining being happy being bubbly being crazy being their true authentic self i love it i love it and i just see how excited you get when you talk about that and that really (laughs) fires me up um (laughs) 
So I, I, it sounds like obviously you have a huge passion for, for wanting to help people now, but where do you think that that started for you? I mean, you know, there were, I, I know that um, you had a lot of schooling, that you have your PhD, but where for you was kind of that tipping point or turning point to when you started to feel drawn to go out and help other people in this way? Hmm, help people in this way. Um, that's a very good question. I know that I always was a very sensitive child. I know that I asked my mom a squibillion question was I w- when I was a kid, and I always felt heavily attacked, and I took things personal when I, I read something or heard something about how we damage this planet or some how some people are treated in an unfair way. And I always felt as if I'm a sponge and that's part of me. So I always felt in some weird kind of way connected to what happens to the planet and other people. And I never understood why. It's just I always felt it. Hmm. And um, during my sabbatical, I read that the perfect job doesn't exist. You need to create that dream job for you. And that a good place to start is actually to scratch your own itch. And coming from this creative background and studying human behavior, because I was always fascinated by human beings, I realized that a lot of my friends, they, they are great at what they do, but that doesn't manifest in money or that doesn't manifest in opportunities. And I've always had people in my life that I knew that were really average at what they do, but they made a fortune or they they lived this great life. And that kind of frustrated me, you know, seeing these two differences. And I understood that these guys, they know something, although they don't know much, although these people know more, but there is something. So at a certain stage, I thought, it must be the way how they sell themselves, the way how they enter a room, the way how they speak. And then I learned that a concept like self-marketing or personal branding exists. And I said, wow, I need to study that. I need to study these people, their principles, and then teach those guys so that really talented, amazing people out there share their gift to make this world a better place, but also to get you know, some reward in, in, a, in a financial kind of way because it's just not fair. I think when somebody is excellent at something, when somebody's great, when somebody creates outstanding things, he or she should be rewarded for that with attention, with love, with money, with whatever it is. And apparently it was a self-marketing problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, gosh, you said so many wonderful nuggets there. Uh, one thing that I heard you say, and I think it's so... Um, it's so interesting and creates such a problem. So you said that, you know, there is this group of people that let's just call them competent or average, uh, but they are quote unquote, really good salespeople or marketers. And so they're very successful. And yet all these other people are really good, but they just don't do a good enough job of selling. And I think in some ways that that ends up creating some of the reason why the people that aren't very good don't do good is because they're afraid to go out and sell themselves, right? Like there's just such a fear in being slimy or being deceitful or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and so how, how do you help people? Like, is that one of the first things that you have to help people overcome is this thought that like, um, you don't have to be a slimy salesperson to be really good at marketing yourself? Um, the first things that we usually do is we understand what the long-term target is, because if you don't know why you want to market yourself or why we're going to work on yourself, it might be also challenging in the process. So what, what is your target? Do you want to become a better speaker? Do you want to build an international online audience? Do you want to, um, get more leads? Do you want to work less? So that's the first thing, because I believe if you do not know your why or the reason why you're going to invest all of the time and the resources and the money, et cetera, then, you know, a small excuse, a small thing will just get you out of your balance and you won't work on it. So that's the first thing. What is your target? And the next thing is really some sort of self-inventory. So we sit down and we understand 
Who are you? What are you great at? What is your unique selling proposition? Uh, who are you in 30 words? Who are you in one word? Who is your online audience? And we create a little bit of a, I don't know, a book or a guide that people can always go back to. And I also incorporate their friends, mentors, etc., into that process. So they get so much positivity and so much love and so many um, great ideas and feedback that these people see themselves in a totally different way because what they are great at, their skills and their talents, they took that for granted. So yeah, I get them excited and then, you know, we go into storytelling or whatever it is. Yeah. So so going back to you then, so how do you continue to I got two questions. One is how do you how do you continue to stay really, really engaged and, ex and excited in helping other people, because I think that's extremely important. Uh, but then two, how do you continue to do that for yourself so you don't get into this place of feeling like an imposter teaching everybody else what to do and maybe you're struggling at times to do it yourself? So you can answer either one first. Sure. <laughs> so for me, I am super picky with my clients. Uh, so what I do is I have a lot of discovery calls and and I am 100% myself when I have these conversations. So the person that is going to invest most probably three, four months with me, we need to resonate and we need to click. So I'm looking forward to every call. That person looks forward to every call. We're laughing. Um, we're fooling around, but we also get a lot of things done. You know, sometimes we scream, sometimes we swear. It is a, for me, it's more than a, than a like coach relationship sometimes these people at the end turn into my friends i mean we keep in touch they sent me things after a year or so or in the most random situations oh you know i was here that reminded me of you thank you so much <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so, awesome. so um i really work with people that i fall in love with and I mean this from a human being to human being level, not like a different gender, same gender, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I believe that you need to reinvent yourself and you need to grow and you need to evolve. And I am a total weirdo in a sense that <laughs> I am. If I Sorry, if I don't change massively within a period of three to six months, I, I, I just turn into a horrible person, moody, aggressive, I'm swearing, I'm like everything. No, uh, so, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get mean. I don't think you get mean. I'm like, when I realize that, that this happens, it's like, oh, I need change. Right, let me get into my box. Let me get, like, I'm not leaving my flat. I need to face my stuff. You know, what is upsetting you? What's your problem? Okay, you fix that. Um, and if I cannot fix it on my own, I call one of my mentors and say, listen, I stand in my own way. I'm BSing myself. I'm this horrible, grumpy, moody something. So, you know, we need a session on, I don't know, energy blockages, theta healing, hypnotherapy, whatever it is. Like maybe I need to cry it out. Um, so, yeah, I think the recipe is reinventing yourself, allowing yourself to grow and experimenting with new things that are totally out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's really interesting that you say, you know, in, in a sense, reinventing yourself. And, and to some degree, I understand what you mean, but... Um, you have a very, very clear and defined brand. I mean, whether you are on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, or I see you speaking um, at events like, uh, you know, just out in the world or when we met and I watched you speak live in person, uh, you are the same in, in the best of ways. And so how do you protect your brand, which is, it made you who you are and is so valuable and is you, right? Like you can't change you to some degree. So how do you do that while at the same time changing your brand or reinventing yourself? I think I add on new things. I don't change in, in the core. I think the self-work that I did over the last three years was quite a big, Chunk. I mean, I went to a silent retreat. I didn't speak for 10 days. I was meditating eight hours per day. I, I changed into living a minimalist lifestyle. 
I I changed my social network in a way that 90% of the people around me, I said, listen, I, I need to get clear on what this mess is because I'm creating pain in your life and in my life and we're not benefiting from it. So with all of that self I relatively good idea that in the end I energy light a crazy soul a bubble that just wants to go out there and express itself and experiment and have fun and and be childlike and just wants to spread positivity and make people laugh and think this is this is my core so but the way how I do that, the techniques that I use, the social media channels, the angle changes. I mean, I don't know if you realize that on LinkedIn, I started experimenting a little bit more with humor, but a darker humor. And, uh, you know, I see how people react to it. If they like it, I might do more of it. I mean, I, I actually, you know, think that maybe in my mid-40s, I might do more of humorous speaking, maybe more cabaret, maybe, you know, I love George Carlin. Who knows what will happen? Oh, man. <laughs> you said in your mid-40s. So you have like years to get there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot promise you that I can wait that long because... Random people sent me George Carlin uh, videos. It's like, I don't know why, but this man reminds me of you. You know, not the you on social media, but the you that really swears the hell out of yourself in a kitchen at the party. Like, when can I finally do so? <laughs> I guess you've got to get to a place where people love you and know you and trust you so much that they will just give you license to do whatever it is the heck you want. Yeah, or again, it's all about experimenting. So um, I test it now, slowly but surely. And I guess it's also about educating people and uh, in a way that you introduce them to, let's say, 70% of you and then 75 and then 80 and then 85. And you realize, whoa, that's too much. They cannot handle 85% of thick Natalia. <laughs> okay, we go back to 80. You know, once they just said 80, we go back to 85. They liked it. Okay, 90. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'm in the beginning of my 30s. I, Tony Robbins and all of my role models are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, sometimes 80s. So... Can you imagine that in her 80s or 90s? That would be insane. <laughs> I don't know if people can take it. I know. It's really, it's really crazy. It's really, <laughs> uh, I will learn ways how to channel that. That's good. That's really good. So, so how, how do you... How do you approach and or handle yourselves differently? Because I think this is something that other people can learn from too. So how do you approach yourself differently when you are... Um, uh, when you are engaged with a large corporate client, I know, and I mean, you can share if you want, I don't want to name drop on your behalf, but I know that there are some pretty significant corporate clients that you've worked with, global partners. Uh, and yeah. so how do you, how do you approach and engage with them, uh, particularly as it relates to testing the water with certain things uh, versus mm. how you do small speaking gigs or one-on-one -on -one engagements? Like, are, are there differences in how you do that? Oh, that's a very good question. I have the feeling that uh, the that corporates want a more polished speaker, and they they tick these classic boxes. They want to see that you are credible, that you studied at a good place, that you are able to speak in an eloquent way. Ideally, you rather speak a little bit slower, make your voice a little bit deeper. You know, get a little bit of your character in there. So. This is how I usually speak in front of huge corporate audiences. Um, and people like that. And I guess it's also safe because um, a lot of people who work in corporate, that's at least my perception of it, um, they might not know so much about themselves. They, they might not be so self-aware. They might still look at the world in a different way so their ego might be very sensitive and I use a lot of might and tent because I know I, I shouldn't generalize so I work 
corporate world. And I had the feeling that back then a small thing could create a huge drama, especially when you have a lot of people from different nationalities. So this is why I rather played a super safe and politically correct card. Um, again, I do that on stage, huge audiences. When I have a training room with 20 people and they all bought their tickets or they, they come to learn with me, um, I crack a joke in the beginning. I, I make, um, you know, I have small talks with all of these people and I test the waters and the majority of cases, people are super easy going and they really enjoy that crazy bubbly person. Um, so I think it's both me, but I think this is when, when it's all about being diplomatic. So dip, being diplomatic over 100% authenticity. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't get. They yeah. say, oh, that's fake. I was like, no, that's politically correct. That's being diplomatic. That's being smart, depending on what your audience wants. Yeah, yeah. And man, how, I mean, if you came and did that in the States, you got to walk that fine line even more. I think you get some more free liberty when you go when you get to go do that around the country because people seem to be a little bit more gracious and open to different things. Whereas when you come to uh, the United States, uh, it just seems like everything you say is overcriticalized and people get destroyed for every little thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, the easiest way is to always stay away from topics like drugs, sex, politics, religion. First thing. Second thing, never judge, gossip, nag, complain, spread negativity. <laughs> You're safe. So, so, so when, again, when you come here, you just basically have to just stand up there and just smile the whole time because you can't say anything. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, really? No, I think, I think we're changing. Um, I just finished reading an Eckhart Tolle book, and I totally agree with what he said. I think on one side, things are really getting worse. But on the other side, things are really getting amazing. Yeah. Um, the problem is that those things that are getting worse, they create more noise. Yeah. And we are still used to listen to that because these parties, these people have maybe, you know, a better way of spreading the noise. Yeah. Through whatever channel it is. Um, I don't want to go into conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's, you know, my perception of things. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, uh, you've been at this for quite a few years now. And so as you think back to the beginning of building your brand and just all along the way, I know we talked about some stuff online. So where, where have you personally hit some of your bigger challenges, uh, whether that was just an epic failure of some degree or just something that really got you stuck? And how do you get through things like that? I think the first biggest or the first challenge that I had was where do I start? Because I learned that I need to have a platform. I need to have a web page or a blog or a podcast or whatever. And I was very frustrated with the writing for my PhD thesis because when you write academically, everything needs to be super stiff and, and, and correct and there's no space for anything. So I realized, okay, you know, as a kind of self-therapeutic way, let's start writing and let's start a little bit of sarcasm and humor. So the first challenge was how on earth do I actually create a blog? Because I read a little bit about it and everybody said, you know, you know, you need to think long term, so you need to have WordPress. And I said, ha, 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 I'm not going to code my stuff, forget <laughs> it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so literally facing that huge fear of I'm not a tech person, I'm a woman, so I'm really not a tech person. Uh, um, that was, gosh, that was out of my comfort zone. That was horrible. Um, but what I did is I literally, I said, there's no way around it. And I know that I can live a better life. And I know that I need to share my message with the world. So you need to face that. Um, so what I did is every day I, I forced myself to spend 15 minutes on Google and to read one article about how to set up your blog and then another one. And then I went to YouTube videos and taught myself how to do that. And in less than two and a half months, I had my web page or my, my blog out there and I published my first blog post. And, and, and that was a huge achievement for me because I think I've never done anything so technical before that. So that was a huge eye-opener showing me that I can very likely achieve anything. So that was the first thing. And at a certain stage, I realized that 
reading is nice, but you cannot reach the masses with reading. So a friend of mine told me, you need to become a public speaker. And I was like, <laughs> I'm German. You know, my accent sucks and I cannot speak in full sentences. And then I'm not going to do that. So he dragged me into a Toastmasters International meeting. And these people, they make you uh, speak uh, spontaneously. They, they, you know, they make you go on stage and, and share an impromptu speech. So while I was walking towards the stage, I could feel that I want to throw up. I, I was sweating and everything was cold. I turned pale and red. I had adrenaline kicks. I shivered. I, I, I just, I hate it. Like the thought of going towards the stage. And then while I was on stage and the person told me, Natalia, you need to speak one minute about um, selfies. Are they good or bad? And I was like, okay, 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 okay. I have two things. First of all, I can either look really stupid because I have no clue what I'm doing, <laughs> or I can look really stupid because I make a fool out of myself. And I was like, okay, let's go for option B. So I really, you know, surrendered, I think, towards that one minute speech on why selfies are stupid um, and made use of my vocal variety in my face. I just imagined I had like 50 copies of my mom, my dad and my brother because <laughs> my family is crazy. You know, everybody of us is very expressive and we speak in weird ways all the time. <laughs> um, and I did that. And while doing it, I had the feeling as I was burning, everything was pulsating. But I realized that people very quickly started laughing and not laughing about me because I was so bad, but they they loved what I said and they had huge respect that I really made it about them. And that was the moment where I thought, I think that's it. I think this public speaking is that. So... It once again showed me, face your biggest fear. Although your whole body will feel as if you're going to die any second, at the other side of that, this is where greatness or excellence or mastery lies. And the more sensitive you are, the, the, the more expressive the body sensation that you have to go through will be. So in my case, it was like, oh, where can I shower? Thank you. <laughs> Have you have you ever heard of uh, Ryan Holiday? Do you know Do you know who that is? Yeah, the author? yeah, yeah. I've just uh, read uh, his second book, uh, Ego is the Enemy. Oh, so fantastic! So fantastic! So you've read Ob the Obstacle is the Way. Both of them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ego is the Enemy and Obstacle is the yeah. Way. Yeah. So he, you know, he talks about that so much, right? Like we have this really weird. Uh, I, it's it's real. I I know it's it's legitimate, but we have this really bad tendency. Maybe not weird, but bad tendency to try and avoid these obstacles and challenges, right? Like we get hit in the face with something, uh, somebody drops something in front of us, and I'm like, I'm going to run. I'm going to go around like any which way I can shortcut around it or get around it. And I love that you said, which I think is 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 so telling of successful people, is you you went right through it. But what I love that you said, and I really want people to pick up on, because I think words matter so much, was you said you surrendered. And what I love about that is, is and especially again, knowing you and listening to you even talk today, that we take surrender to be this negative connotation of like, I've given up, right? I've quit, like uh, I'm done with it. Where I take it is you surrendered, meaning you really just leaned into to this opportunity and you just gave yourself over to it and you were gonna do the best with what was in front of you and I wish more people would do that because I believe just like you saw and what it's produced as the result, so many people, if they would just surrender to what it is that is in front of them, maybe their greatest fear, there is just so much opportunity for people to be the greatest version of themselves, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not a linguist, but I think the word surrender, I also... Also, the way how it sounds in German, when I look at the German word, it doesn't sound nice. It must be a way that society um, created misperceptions or wrong beliefs or attached some weird thoughts around it. I think surrender is the total opposite of, of giving up. It is 
as you said, facing your biggest fear and having faith in something bigger than you, mm-hmm. in in that you deserve the best, in that there will be better times. And, and this is what it's all about, just to you know, lean in, lean forward, as long as you know that it's not a life-threatening thing. I mean, if you know that you're going to die, then just don't do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think that, um, that, that idea of faith uh, is is so important and you know for for many people you know that's something bigger and out, outside of themselves and um you know to me that's extremely important that definitely drives me but i think a lot of times again even people having faith in themselves and it takes a lot of work with somebody like yourself uh, to to really uncover who they are, what they've been created to be, what they're gifted in, what they're good at. Uh, but ultimately, this faith in not like I, I don't like uh, when when people are pushed to like I I believe I can do anything, so I'm just going to go out there and throw myself at everything, and, uh, and and that's not always the best idea, right? Like we ha- have to have some kind of wisdom with that. But I think this faith to believe that if I really desire something, if there's really something on the other end that I want to get to, I just need to believe that if I surrender, if my if I give myself over and give everything I have, that I can really accomplish it. And if not, I'm going to learn so much in the process that then I'll be able to accomplish the next thing that gets put in front of me anyway. Absolutely. I mean, look at Richard Branson. How many yeah. businesses did he just totally screw up? Yep. Uh, but he he didn't care because uh, he's an adventurous person. He wants to learn. He wants to grow. He wants to have fun. And he learned something out of every situation. Was it, it doesn't matter if it was positive or negative. And he didn't allow failure to define him. I think a big problem for a lot of people is that they do not understand that there's a big a big difference between this was a failure and I am a failure. Mm. I think everything that we use with I am, we should be really picky and uh, understand that, again, the only way how to become better, how to grow is to experiment. And when you do it the first time, the likeliness that you will not make it, it will not function in the most amazing way, that you will not nail it, that you will not succeed is very high. But that's the thing with everything. I mean, remember the first time that we walked, the first time that you rode a bike, the first time that you tried to swim, the first time that you tried to sing, the first time that you tried to do a video, the first time that you try to kiss somebody. It was a disaster. But that's, <laughs> hey. right? But that's how you learn. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what's interesting is, I again, like, you know, uh, um, I, when you said, like, you know, the first time we try to walk, there's this, you know, we have so many presuppositions built up into ourselves, a lot of head trash that's there that, that causes us to fear taking those steps. When when we're an infant child, no, we have no idea what's on the other side of falling down, right? Like, we're just willing to get up and go, and that's why you see kids climb up onto the top of the fence and fall off or climb up the tree and fall off or off the roof and fall off. It's like they don't know... They don't know what to be afraid of, so they're willing to just take that risk, right? They don't even know it's a risk. They just, they're just they just willing to take that step. And I wish that in some ways we would adopt more of that, that we would be willing to, to not even consider what's happened to us in the past or what may happen to us in the future, but that we would just be willing to take that step necessary to, to, to lean into what it is that's in front of us. Because gosh, again, like so many people just blow it. And it, it made me even think of when you talked about, you know, those corporate employees, right, sitting it out in the crowd and you don't get the opportunity to really kind of push them like you would a one on one or a small group client. But it breaks my heart to know that there's millions of people all across this world that are sitting out in audiences like that or working in organizations like that, that if they were just really tapped into, man, this world would be such a better place. Yeah, but I think you cannot force anybody to change. That person needs to be ready to change. And I really believe in what Tony Robbins said. Wait, I always mix it up. He said, a person will only change when the pain of staying the same is bigger than the pain of change. 
Yes. That is so powerful. I, I, I read this sentence a scribillion times. I was like, wow, it really makes sense because change is pain because it's out of the comfort zone. So the majority of people that I know, they need to, and this is where it really gets crazy. They either need to develop cancer or end up in an accident or in a, in a, in a place where some other people get killed or, um, or a close person dies, or, or I don't know, their whole body closes down or the doctor tells them, you know, you have two more months to live until they realize, ah, okay, like maybe I'll stop smoking. Maybe I will follow my passion. Maybe I will finally, um, you know, create this charity. Maybe I will stop eating fast food. I will da 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 So only when, when we see that, I'm going to die. This is the only, you know, this is the moment where a lot of people change. And I find that fascinating and stupid at the same yeah. time. And I used to be one of these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's interesting and I don't want to get too far down this, uh, this tangent, but, um, so that happened to me, right? Like I had this personal near death experience, a uh, close friend, literally standing shoulder to shoulder was shot and killed right next to me. And so clearly it did that. And, uh, and that's for a whole nother story. But, uh, as I, I was reaching out to somebody to talk about, uh, potentially doing a TEDx event in 2019, and there was just this real slim chance for this specific one and the response back, which I totally understood and I respected and it was helpful and constructive and it was nothing bad against this person. But one of the bits of feedback that I got was this, this idea of using personal tragedy to create purpose and intent uh, in, in accomplishment in, in somebody's life is kind of tired on the, on the speaking circuit, right? Like, especially in tech. Mm -hmm. And I understand yeah. that. I totally get that. Like we've heard this story a million times where what frustrates me is what you just said is so true. We need to have, it's unfortunate, but we need to have those types of events in order to do something about it right? To do something about yep. our lives. And, yep. and, and, and yet we're hearing it all the time and we're not doing anything about it, which means yep. we're either <laughs> stupid and ignorant, yep. which we are, um, or we actually need to hear more about it. Like we need to beat topics like that to some degree to death. Right. Yeah. And I, d I don't know how to, how to implement that. I mean, or is that the wrong path? Is maybe a healthier approach to to teach people how to meditate in kindergarten mm -hmm. or how to go through emotions, how to express emotions. Um, it's okay to cry when you feel like crying. Um, when you feel aggressive, lean in, surrender to the, towards that feeling. Don't judge yourself for being aggressive. Don't judge yourself for wanting to punch the out of that person in his face over and over again because he is a stupid <laughs> I will not say it. Right? So when you have that feeling, don't judge yourself. Lean in. Allow that feeling to go through you. Breathe that out. And the most it's so complicated to breathe through that. Um, but it is possible. And when you do that, this is how you stay sane and this is how you stay healthy. Um, and when you don't do that, then I think all of these negativity and all of these problems, you just somehow tattoo them on your skin and into your cells. And this is when, you know, we get number and number and number and dumber and more ignorant until something huge needs to happen until we wake up. It will be so much healthier if we express and live and face feelings without hurting anybody um, in the most positive and negative way. I think this is what we need to teach people and this is what we need to accept um, in business life and in private life. Yes. Yeah, because they're, in so many ways they are one and the same, right? I mean, we are who we are regardless of what domain we're, we're operating in in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So shifting gears, you said Richard Branson, somebody else came to mind. And so I want your feedback here and I, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to uh, show my cards now or after, but, um, so Elon Musk, um, mm -hmm. I, I'll show some of my cards. So I have a ton of respect 
for Elon Musk. I think that his, he, I personally think, and this is debatable, I think he's a genius. I think he's done amazing things for uh, technology, for uh, this country, for the world. I mean, he was one of the first ones to step up when Puerto Rico went through the disaster that it went through uh, and, you know, shipped power over there. And yet... He, uh, he he's constantly under fire, right, for, for everything he says and does. But his most recent one, did you see the video of his episode with Joe Rogan on the podcast? No. When, so he smoked. So this this is the maybe the benefit of you being in Dubai and not being, or, or traveling Europe and not being in the United States. But yeah. he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast. Who Joe Rogan has this, you know, uh, very popular long form podcast. Millions of people listen. And so Elon Musk was on recently, and in the middle of the podcast, they decided to smoke a joint. And oh yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, okay. there yeah. you go. <laughs> I've seen a picture of it. I was like, "What's going on there?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, so from a branding expert, mm. how do you see things like that? Like, do you feel like it's good? or bad and 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 this i mean i actually i mean you can say how you feel about marijuana use in general I, that's fine too but like how, how do you see events like this uh, do you see them as fuel as hindrances like what what do things like this do to people and how should people react or position themselves when things like when they go through things like this well first of all the first question for me would be when i see that scene or when i saw that scene was that planned? Was that a publicity stand? Uh, was that maybe even discussed with his PR manager or with his personal branding person? That would be the first question, because you never know. Mm -hmm. um, then I would ask, okay, what are the positive benefits from that? What are the negative benefits from that? And a lot of people out there, they argue that there is no negative PR. As long as people speak about you, People speak about you, and this is what it's all about, right? Uh, I think Kim Kardashian is also an excellent example. She always finds way how people speak about her, and a lot of people judge her for choosing crazy um, ways or photo <laughs> shoots or things that she does. And I think, who are we to judge her? Because we don't know her values. We don't know her long-term targets. Uh, but we know that she's a brilliant businesswoman. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I guess the same is true for Elon Musk. He had most probably a reason for doing that. And, um, you know, that's what happened. Um, I don't know. Was there an official statement after that? Did he or somebody from his company say something? There, I, I haven't seen anything go public. I mean, it's almost like the guy just, he wanted to smoke a joint. Like, just give him a break, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, again, it's totally his decision. Um, who knows what his agenda was? Yeah. Um, as long as... I think no matter what we do, especially in public, we need to keep in mind that people will talk about it. And especially when it's in a world wide web, it can be replayed and shown and used against you over and over again. So uh, what you share on social media, you should really be very conscious about it. And as we talked earlier, right, when you when you have certain speeches and some people might film something and that goes viral and without you knowing that could also have a massive negative impact so um yeah you know really be mindful and think through what you're doing but i guess that at a certain stage when you have everything in life your um your how do you what was it uh, mark what was his name Oh, there's this amazing author. He wrote this book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So oh, yeah. he said, what's his name? I don't know. Anyway, so he said that there's only a certain amount of fucks that you can give. So you need to get clear on what you give a fuck about. And I think that the more you reach in life, the less you really care about what other people think about you. So, you know, maybe he had like his like, I'm the king of the world. I can do anything. And this is just to show people that I don't care. Yeah, Whatever. Maybe yeah. he had a weak moment or a moment of celebration. Or maybe he needed to prove something towards himself. Maybe he lost a bet. Again, whatever it is, we will never, ever know. In the end, he's a human being. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, I, 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 above all, I think that there's just this amazing still shot of him sitting across the table. He's got a glass of whiskey sitting there. He's got, you know, this joint in his mouth, smokes coming, just puffed out in front of his. I was like, dude, that guy is a BA. Like, that was just awesome, <laughs> right? Like, he just didn't give an F in the moment. And, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, I find it interesting that. Um, I mean, we, there's a lot to learn when we, when we see things like that happen, because I agree, like there is negative publicity, publicity that we don't want to have. And so we got to be really careful about just not caring what people think. Like we should care to some degree what people think, but something else that you said, and I think it's really important is, uh, having a little bit more, uh, consideration, empathy, understanding for that person, not knowing what they're going through, not knowing what their agenda is and being able to divide. So here's back to like the problem in our country specifically, being able to divide my personal beliefs, my personal values, my personal opinions from that person's and, and see it for what it is, right? You and I, we probably have some things that we just disagree on. That doesn't mean that we yeah. can't have a good conversation, that we can't agree. I mean, that we can't get along, that we can't still try to accomplish the same goals. And so sometimes uh, we have a real hard time doing that. And so we just attack people, right? Which is just so sad. Mm. It's a learning process. Yeah. Hopefully we get better at it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a challenging one. A lot of people believe that you need to agree on everything and have everything in common to to work together or to be in a relationship that is that's unrealistic yeah i mean yeah. i love to be positive but then there's also being realistic so <laughs> learn to to love and to accept and to respect and say okay here we are the same here we are different and different doesn't mean good or bad it just means different so what yep nope absolutely so true okay a uh, couple of questions that I want to make sure I ask you uh, before we kind of wrap up here. So one thing that is interesting to me uh, in, in asking people, so if you could add one thing to your business, if you could add one thing to what you're trying to accomplish, what would that be? Hmm. One thing. I think writing books. Hmm. A lot of people ask me, Natalia, when are your books coming out? You know, you should write books. And I'm like, yeah, maybe could be a good idea, especially when you're a speaker and you're, when you've published a book, I think that's, that's a good thing to do. But currently, because I have so many other projects lined up that I'm working on, it's impossible. So most probably I'll have a look at it next year. The plan was to do it this year, but um, I spoke to so many people and they said, the book is great, but it's not really a source of making money. So I said, um, you know, making a little bit of more cash is important because then I can also take that money to also put it back into marketing. So I think, yeah, writing books is definitely a, a thing that I need to work on. Okay. Uh, greatest failure or regret? Do you have one? Mm, not listening to what my whatever it was they then told me since I'm small and living like a stupid, ignorant person for 29 years, following every advice, what everybody said, trying to be everybody's darling until I literally crashed. That was stupid. Gosh, that was stupid. <laughs> but hey, I made it to the other side. <laughs> you did, and, and you learned so much from it, right? Yep. All right, greatest fear moving forward. Greatest fear moving forward. Hmm, that's a challenging one. Uh, to be honest, I think getting out of the comfort zone is a fear for me. And if I don't face one fear every day, I'm not growing. That means I'm not getting better. So I stopped looking at things in a dramatic way saying oh my god what if this what if that oh mm, this is just this kind of thinking that's something that I really trained myself out of so whenever I realize that I have this feeling of I wouldn't call it anxiety but something like that actually sit down and rationalize it and write it down so at the moment I cannot tell you anything that is so huge that it makes me Ugh. There are a lot of small things, but I know that these are just 
you know, fears, irrational things that are created in my head. And once I sit down and work through them, once you have once you have pushed for the first 20 hours of something new, this is when you start to like it because you understood the basics. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to free you from the domain of podcasting for the day. Uh, but as <laughs> I do, I, I just want to say, and I mean, this is, you know, as genuine as it can be uh, across the computer, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Um, I remember, uh, you know, we... I had the opportunity to come and speak at an event that that you were on the bill for, and so I was introduced to you just probably a couple of months before that. So it was just earlier this year, and um, I've just been super impressed with the way that you carry yourself, the way that you've branded yourself. Uh, but it went beyond that. I think post event for me because I started to watch the way that you cared and invested into other people. And you've just been so gracious in the way that you've done that and tried to continually be a contributor and to the betterment of other people, really believing, I think, in some sense that, well, I mean, definitely, I know that's your purpose, but, you know, really, really believing that if you just continue to do that, that you're going to accomplish your vision of wanting to make the world a better place and, you know, and help people. But then also at some point that will come back to, to benefit you, you know, though that's not, I know your first intent. And so thank you for just who you are, the way you carry yourself. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's impressive to watch from a distance and I wish more people in your space, I would say our space, but I'm not in your space quite yet, but the, I wish more people <laughs> would carry themselves the way that you do, because I think that, um, uh, there's a lot of people that don't, and, and it's really just done a, a disservice to the industry as a whole. So thank you so much. I just totally appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was so beautiful to say it, I said, and I really, really appreciate that. And I had a wonderful time. I mean, we were laughing a lot. Uh, I hope we shared a lot of value for your audience. Uh, we were authentic. And um, yeah, if there's anything else I can help you with, please let me know. We definitely keep in touch and I look forward to the next event, right? Yes. And I will make sure to uh, put your contact information in the show notes. I know you have a great video course out right now that can help people with personal branding. And so I want that to be something that people can get a hold of quickly, uh, but also just to connect with you. If you have any available connection requests left on LinkedIn, following you on Instagram and Facebook, I know there's just great content. You do a great job of just giving a lot of content away. And so I want to make sure people have that. So I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes as well. So once again, Dr. Natalia, Think Natalia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you and the time you've given today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.